Hello and welcome to this week's Talent Talks. As you know, this series of webinars and podcasts is an attempt to get behind the scenes of the world of work, to find out about the options open to young people when making those important decisions at the beginning of their careers. We talk to employers and representatives of a wide range of industries across the country. And today, I'm delighted to welcome Jade Pearson from Seven Trent. So Jade, hello and welcome. Hello. Um, so Seven Trent, huge organisation. I mean, I grew up in Gloucester, so I was used to seeing the name everywhere. But maybe you could begin by telling us a bit about Seven Trent, because it's a huge organisation that does so many things, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So there's about um, 7,000 of us seven trenters um, across the West Midlands predominantly. Um, and we're a water and wastewater service provider. So effectively, anybody in our region that drinks water, uses water in their homes um, or about their day-to-day business, we make sure that their drinking water is good quality and reaches their homes. And we also take their wastewater away. So anytime something goes down your drain or gets flushed down the loo, then that comes back into our um, network to process and then put back into the rivers once it's been cleaned and treated. And it's not just homes, of course, it's businesses as well which I guess must be a fairly large part of your um, your customer base. It is, yeah. So um, overall, I think we've got around 8 million customers um, across our household and non-household. So yeah, as well as homes across our region, we also service the businesses too. And, and how big is the region? Because I, I know that as well as um, the kind of the areas around the Seven and the Trent, you also go into, into Wales as well from memory, don't you? We do, yeah. So I think we go um, all the way up to Scunthorpe is our uh, most northerly point, and then we go across into Wales. So we actually acquired um, what was Dee Valley Water um, back in 2017, and then it was renamed Hafrandifitui. So that's just um, tested my pronunciation there. Sorry to any Welsh listeners that I've just offended. <laughs> I did my best. Um, it was very good. Very we, good. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Um, but Hafran Dividui is named after um, the rivers there. So um, it means 70 um, in Welsh. So we also um, service our Welsh customers um, in and around that region too. So a huge area. And, and I guess then you, you have offices, you have centres all over that, that massive part of the country. Yeah, we do. Um, Our biggest hubs are across Coventry, uh, Birmingham, Leicester, uh, Warwickshire, but we also have operational depots and sites right across our patch. Um, So in every corner um, of our region, you'll find a Seven Trent sign and Seven Trent water treatment site or a waste treatment site lurking somewhere. And and I could think one of the things that was really interesting about organisations like Seven Trent is they're very well known for the thing that we all see, you know, the, the water and the waste elements. But actually the skills and the complexities and the organisational kind of competence that goes behind that just must be massive. Absolutely. It's one of the things that, um, in all honesty, we struggle with most is how do we get across to um, to individuals out there that are looking for their first job or their next job, um, all of the wonderful careers that, that exist across the water industry. I think typically people think of water and waste and think of maybe those hands-on roles um, that we absolutely need, but there's a wealth of um, soft skill roles that also exist across our organisation and roots into all different professions. So I often kind of say to people if you think of any occupation that a large organization needs we need it in the water industry too so things like finance hr technology engineering construction all of those things that people probably ordinarily wouldn't relate to the water industry we have those opportunities too 
Well, let's start with you. I mean, so you've been part of the team for some time. You're, you're, you're HR. What is it that kind of drew you to Seven Trent and, and the role that you've got at the moment? Yeah, so um, the water industry was a real unknown to me. Um, I was like many of our customers who didn't really interact with um, Seven Trent as an organisation um, other than to pay my bill. Yeah. Um, every year um, and it was around the time actually where um, the industry was going through some quite interesting and significant changes so um, market competition was being introduced for non-household customers so businesses were able for the first time to choose who they wanted their uh, water and wastewater service provider to be um, and I just thought, wow, that must be an industry that's going through quite a lot of transformation and what an exciting time to work for an industry like that. Um, so that was really what kind of got me through the door. Um, and I must admit, going back to that kind of question that you just asked me about all of the different careers and skills, my first couple of months at Seven Trent, I got the opportunity to see lots of different teams, meet lots of different people. And I was genuinely blown away by the different skill sets, the type of capabilities, and just the, the different level of roles that are available. Um, so even seven and a half years into my career at Seven Trent, I'm still meeting people um, and amazed by what they they do to make our business run. And I think that's one of those great things about large organisations is the ability to to meet and find out and experience all sorts of, of different jobs, different roles in different parts of the country. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think one of the lovely things about Seven Trent is it's a large organisation. So as I said, there are 7,000 of us, but it genuinely feels like a family. People are connected. The, the network is brilliant. And it gives you that opportunity to really understand the different environments and nature of environments that people can work in. So we've got lots of people like me who work in an office predominantly. And then we've got thousands and thousands of people that are out at our water treatment sites, at our waste sites and actually on the road um, quite a lot, spotting and fixing leaks on our network. So so the diversity and the range of roles and careers that are available is really quite broad as well. So let's start to explore some of, of those um, diverse roles. You obviously recruit in to a, a number of different um, areas within the business and you do it across apprenticeships, graduates and, and so on. So what are the, the main areas you look to recruit in for school leavers and those at a, at a young age? Yeah, so we've been uh, recruiting based on strengths for a while. So rather than looking for qualifications or things that people have already done, uh, we look for the potential that people can bring into our organisation. And that's really important for school leavers and university leavers, because quite often you don't have any practical work experience behind you. Um, so we're looking for seven key things, really. Um, and I won't list them all. You can find the information on our website. But we're looking for things that will help people to be a success at Seven Trent effectively. So things like how good at building relationships with your colleagues um, and other people are you? What's your drive to deliver like? Um, what level of customer service or, uh, you know, drive to deliver a great customer service have you got? And we look for those seven things through our selection process. And that's what we use to, um, to select and choose the people that are successful onto our programmes. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that there's a lot of talk about within the recruitment industry about strengths-based approach to interviewing. But it, do you find that there's much of a kind of a discrepancy between that and the way that young people are prepared in school, for example, to apply to your roles? 
Yeah, definitely. So what, one of the other things that me and my team do is actually go out into schools because we find that not always the students have the skills that they need to successfully transition out of education and into the world of work for the first time. Um, so we're trying to step into that space, as I know a number of other organisations are doing, to, to really help students to I guess, set themselves up for success and for businesses, for it not to be so much of a, of a burden or a learning curve for students to step into the world of work for the very first time. So things that we all take for granted that we had to learn and do for the first time, um, but we just assume everyone has that in their toolkit and their professional skill set. So really really quite basic and core skill sets like presentation skills, time management, prioritization, business etiquette, um, effective time management, all of those things that we know we need to just be able to do our jobs and do them well. We help to develop those skills in students um, whilst they're still at school, college or university. And, and that's a big commitment. So you're able to actually get out into schools and, and help deliver some of this yourself, are you? Yeah, definitely. And with the um, with the launch of our academy, so we just built a purpose um, purpose built uh, training facility down the road in Coventry, um, Hawksley Park. And as part of our offer, we've just committed to delivering a hundred thousand hours um, employability sessions for our community. So there's some great resource available um, that we can kind of provide to people. It's a blend of online learning, practical um, sessions one-to-one tutorials and, and classroom training that we really want to kind of connect with not just students but anyone across our region that might be struggling to get into work or wants to get a better job or is looking to just shine that little bit brighter um, at work and, and improve their kind of prospects for future career progression. So we're really quite passionate about that as an organisation. Yeah, that's an amazing offer. It's, it's a huge commitment. Um, do, do you think that the, the skills that are needed in the world of work, are you seeing this them change? I think there's a lot of talk around things like the fourth industrial revolution and so on. Do you notice in the last seven years there is actually kind of a move towards a different skill set that is required to be successful within Zoom? Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things that I don't think we're any different to any other organisation is that that use and that reliance on data and insights. So we're definitely seeing that come out and the need for that being greater and greater as we move forward. Um, our, our water treatment works and waste treatment works, we're looking at how we can automate them um, and make them more kind of real-time remote monitoring, which means that our operators require different skill sets to maybe how we've traditionally run um, our, our site. So, yeah, definitely we are seeing trends and moves towards that greater insight for data and the ability to not just manage data but interpret data, understand data, um, interrogate data to drive better decision-making and better performance. And it's fascinating to me how that, that that really great description you've just given actually applies whether you're working in engineering, in HR, in finance, or or one of the kind of the, the, the operational functions as well, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. It spans right across our organisation. It's not just those on the front line. It's not just those working in finance. Everybody working at Seven Trent will have to deal and manage with data. Um, and that's something that we're definitely looking at how we can help upskill and continue to grow that capability um, for ourselves and for the organisation overall. 
So there you go, data management, not necessarily the thing you'd put alongside water, but actually the two are 100% aligned these days. Definitely, couldn't agree more. So, okay, let's think about then the, the ways in some trend. I know you you take on graduates, you take on apprenticeships. What are the sorts of roles that, that young people have the opportunity to join you in? Yeah, so one of the things that we've been quite passionate about over the last couple of years is really expanding the breadth of new talent opportunities that we're creating and, and offering um, across Seven Trent. So we've always offered apprenticeships in our traditional um, apprenticeship programs, so those operational maintenance um, critical programs. We've been running those for many, many years in different guises. Um, over the last um, three, four, five years, we've been expanding that into some of our enabling support and professional functions. So we've got apprentices that are studying to become qualified solicitors. We've got apprentices that are on quantity surveyor programs. We've got apprentices that are learning how to be digital engineers, cybersecurity specialists. Um, you name it, we've probably got it at Seven Trend. And it's great to be able to provide those entry level organization at entry level routes sorry into our organization because it can be really hard breaking into some of those professions um, particularly when you get to a certain level of your career so for us to be able to create that opportunity and you know provide the opportunity for people to be able to earn a living uh, earn a salary whilst they're learning such brilliant skills I just think is fantastic I mean if I had my time again I would definitely do an apprenticeship <laughs> so it's really interesting to hear you, you say that I mean I think one of the there's still a misconception about apprenticeships but actually the ability to leave school and for example get a an apprenticeship in something like cybersecurity, you are just going to be so much more current because you are dealing from day one with real world threats real world world environments I mean it's yeah. I get incredibly passionate about it because I don't think many parents or teachers understand that in some cases it is better than going to university. I totally agree. I couldn't agree more. We've got apprentices that are 21 years old that can afford to buy their own house, their first house um, and have kind of four years worth of incredible skills and experience behind them versus their counterparts that are just leaving university with no practical experience and, and bucket loads of debt. So I, I, I wholeheartedly believe in apprenticeships as an equal and as valuable route to university. And that's a great way of putting it, isn't it? Because it, they, they are just different. For some people, actually going to university is the right thing. You get that qualification, you then join the workforce at a, at a different stage of life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I, you know, that's why we run a mix of um, new talent early careers programs. We've got our graduate programs and we've also got our apprenticeship programs because both provide a valuable route into our organisation. Um, I don't think one is more valuable than the other. And it really comes down to the way that people prefer to learn. Um, you know, some people would much prefer to go to university and have a more traditional academic route into the world of work others are much more practical learners and the apprenticeship and potentially the t-level um, routes that are, that are coming out of the uh, the government and the fe sector um would be a much more relevant route to them so it really comes down to per personal preference i think the thing that we need to do alongside um, government and other organizations is to really raise the profile and give people the information so that they can genuinely make an informed choice about what's the right route for them post 
GCSE um, because we still see now talking to students and schools that the university and the traditional academic route is definitely one that's still more favoured, I think, and is pushed probably harder than some of those other technical routes that are available. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's certainly more understood, isn't it, by parents as well as by teachers. And I think you know, that the whole the UCAS process is a very, it's not easy, but it's a structured approach that you can get an entire U group to follow, whereas apprenticeships, it's a bit more complicated, isn't it? Yeah, and I, th- I think that's one of the things that we've kind of learned and why we want to partner with schools and students across our region much earlier so that we as an employer can really showcase the progression and the career routes that apprenticeships can bring to people. Um, it's all about education, isn't it? When you've got some um, information and some data and some insight you can make a more informed decision we were talking about data earlier but this is just a real life example the the more data the more exposure the more options that are presented to you the better your choice can be Um, and I think that's something that we're really passionate about Um, and how do we I think you mentioned it earlier David how do we help teachers career leaders parents to be more informed themselves as well because we've definitely seen that they have a real influence over the decisions that students make around their kind of career trajectory and the way that they get to that. So if I'm a careers leader listening to this what what can I do to help my students understand about careers in in Seven Trends? I think it would be um, be curious for a start. So we love to help people understand the world of water and the careers that are available there. As I said earlier, we've got a brilliant resource um, available. We've got bite-sized toolkits and sessions that we can run um, either remotely, virtually or face-to-face in schools. We've got some brilliant inspirational role models that we can come and get um in front of the students because we know that people need to be relatable Um, and that's one of the things that we've learned in our campaigns over the last couple of years so our apprentices and our graduates are brilliant advocates and we'll be able to give that level of kind of insight and detail that perhaps me and some of my members of my team just can't Um, and they're all that the students are then willing to ask those questions that they really want answers to, um, but might be a little bit more afraid to ask um, somebody like me. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Isn't it? I think we're both enterprise advisors, aren't we? So we're used to going <laughs> yes. to schools. And, you know, being a kind of 40 and a bit bloke, I, I always worry about being relatable to to young people who actually probably need to meet those 21, 22 year olds who can tell them the right story and use the right language. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think there's something about um, that kind of role model aspect as well, you know, seeing and hearing from people that look and sound like you, it just gives that little spark inside you that kind of goes, oh, actually, if somebody like me can do a job like that, then so can I. Um, And just those like magic moments, I think if we could kind of multiply that across Seven Trent and then across other organisations like us, I think we could just drive such brilliant um, pos- positive impact. Yeah, brilliant. And I think the other thing that's quite interesting when you have those conversations is, is around progression. So quite often we get very focused on that applying for this job, but actually that first job is probably not going to last more than a year, a couple of years. It's the where you could go afterwards that becomes really quite interesting. 
Yeah, definitely. And that's um, that's something else that we've tried to show in our attraction and selection campaigns over the last 18 months. Um, one of the best events that we ran was actually a, a Women in Water campaign um, where we held online events because it was right in the middle of lockdown and COVID. Yeah. So we couldn't do anything face to face. But we had a real range um, of individuals at different stages of their career that were talking to the students. Um, so we had people that were you know only a matter of months into their apprenticeship scheme so they could share their experience of what it's been like so far what interested them about applying to that particular program and to us particularly um, as an organization we had first line managers that um, joined us through kind of new talent routes or other routes that were able to share where they were at in their career and how they'd got there. And then we had some really senior um, managers who were able to reflect right the way back through their um, career history and their career kind of learnings. And just having that variety um, of people at different stages of the career, I think was really quite powerful. Yeah, 100%. And again, those those stories that show that actually you, you can't expect when you're 16, 17, 18 to know exactly where you want to go. But you know what, that's all right. Your, your yeah. career will evolve, won't it? Exactly. You know, I, I think my favourite term is the squiggly career. Like nobody's career, I think, just goes kind of upwards. Um, we all do this. Um, and that's okay. Um, and that's where some of our, our best kind of learning um, comes from. And I think encouraging that at a young age and to say, it's okay not to know exactly where you need to get to, you know, those age old interview questions that people used to ask, where do you see yourself in five years, years yeah, 10 yeah. years? You know, who really knows? Um, but that's okay. It's about continuing to be curious and continuing to challenge yourself and learn something new and different. Um, and that will ultimately get you to somewhere bigger and better. But it's really interesting because, again, it, it pulls back on the theme that we hear from so many large employers, which is actually what you're really looking for is the young person who wants to join you as an organisation. And, you know, what is their motivation, their passion for wanting to join you? Because actually we all understand that they may not end up in the role they thought they were going to. Yeah, definitely. And going back to um, the kind of strengths-based recruitment and looking for potential, that's exactly what we're looking for. We're looking for people that align to our company values and our company purpose. And that's really when the magic happens, when those two things kind of come in to um to alignment. Um, you have people that genuinely want to do right for themselves and their performance in their role for the organization overall and ultimately for our customers because that's why we're here as an organization to serve those eight million customers across our patch um how they do it and how they get to where they want to get to we can help them with but if they've got that passion and that interest and that enthusiasm then the rest can be taught Brilliant. I suppose it would be remiss not to talk about the environment and sustainability, particularly this week as it's COP26. Um, we ran some research over the last couple of weeks, actually, which shows that young people increasingly seem to be looking for roles where they can make a contribution to the environment and to sustainability. And I'm guessing that's absolutely in your sweet spot, isn't it? That is that is why you exist. Yeah, absolutely. And with our kind of commitments on green recovery. So sometimes I think people see green recovery, the industrial green revolution and think, well, how does a water company kind of fit and play into that? My goodness, like if anyone's thinking that the water industry doesn't have a role to play, then let me tell you, we absolutely do. 
Um, and one of the things that's so lovely about the water industry and Seven Trent in particular is our ambition. So year on year, we're continuously challenging ourselves to do things more efficiently for our customers, more effectively, um, and to protect and improve. So not just protect our environment, but how do we make it even better? Um, and the things that we're doing from a biodiversity perspective, working with farmers to reduce the um, number of chemicals that come into our water stream so that we can reduce the number of chemicals that we have to use in our treatment processes. How do we use bacteria um, rather than chemicals? I mean, I could, look, I'm geeking out here. <laughs> um, but there's genuinely, genuinely fascinating projects that are going on right now across Seven Trent. Um, and we've we've just um, committed to invest about £500 million in our green recovery plans. So we've got four key major programmes looking at um, improving bathing um, quality, reducing the um, potential for sewer flooding across our network. So yeah, we've got lots and lots of stuff and environment and sustainability is something that just runs through the thread of Seven Trent. And it kind of goes back to that data piece that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. It doesn't matter what job or what team you work in in Seven Trent, in some way you are helping to impact and improve sustainability in our environment. Um, and that's another thing that we kind of look for um, in the people that we bring into our organisation. Brilliant. So let's think then about this year's hiring. Um, I think most schools are very focused on UCAS at the moment. My daughter is going to this, so I'm you know very, very interested in the whole thing, uh, particularly this year. Um, what do the timings look like for you? So when do you open and close the, the hiring for your apprentices? Yeah, so our applications open just after Christmas. Um, early January. Um, we tend to do a bit of a teaser campaign in the run up to Christmas. So um, across our kind of social media platforms and out and about with different careers events. So if people listening would like to kind of keep a track of that, I definitely recommend that you check our careers website out. Um, and you follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter. So we're at Seven Trent and Seven Trent Life um, in particular. We really try and bring to life the roles that we've got on offer, the types of programs that we've got on offer, and what it's really like to work at Seven Trent. Because one of the things that's really quite magical once people join us is to understand the the beauty of our kind of culture um, and everyone kind of raves about it don't they everyone says that the people and their culture is the best part of their organization but there is genuinely something quite magical about Seven Trent and it's our challenge to try and bottle that up and show people um, before they join us so we're trying to do much more of that across some of our social um, streams so I definitely recommend people keeping um, an eye on on that over the coming year but january is when our applications um open and when do they close that's the when's the all important deadline uh so end of march great so three months then um to actually make sure that you understand what it is to get the application forms in and prepare for the application process and of course applying for an apprenticeship is not the same as as ucas again so what can what can people expect um if they're successful through the application form yeah, so we try not to make it too onerous. Um, so it will be a short online application form. Um, it's literally just to capture details about you 
um, and who you are as a candidate. Um, then you go straight into some of our um, online assessments. Uh, we try to make them really interactive, um, quite fun as much as selection processes can be. Um, so you'll get lots of different um, interactive kind of elements. You'll be asked to answer multiple questions watch videos, listen to voicemails, read emails, and then respond how you think you would in that particular scenario. Um, for some of our programs, because of the nature of the apprenticeship scheme um, or the graduate scheme, we might ask you to do a numerical reasoning test. Um, but we have a practice hub um, available with our third party provider. So I wouldn't want that to put anybody off. I know sometimes myself, I would have kind of shuddered at the thought of doing a numerical um, test online but there are some great resources to help people kind of gain their confidence and get comfortable with them um, and then uh, if you pass all of the thresholds for that then you'll be invited to our final assessments and that's where we do an interview um, and a presentation exercise and that lot would finish roughly when Summer uh, yeah, so we aim to um, host our assessment centres kind of throughout April. Um, some might start um, towards the back end of March um, and then we aim to offer kind of end of April going into early May. Great. And, and I mean, we're coming out of COVID and pandemic, fingers crossed now. How has that had an impact on the way in which you run that assessment process? Because an awful lot of people, I guess, weren't able to travel to you for assessment centres in the last couple of years. Yeah, it's really interesting, actually. I think we've um, we've done some self-reflection, like many other organisations. Um, so traditionally, we'd all, always brought people together face-to-face -to -face for interviews and assessment centres. Um, and it was lockdown, um, really, that kind of threw us in, uh, along with loads of other employers on, well, how are we going to continue to do this in a completely different way? Um, and over the last year, we've transferred everything to um, kind of remote assessment right. uh, using Zoom we did last year. Um, and that worked really well. We had some really quite good feedback from the candidates themselves. We had some great feedback from our hiring managers. Um, and it just re reduced that level of kind of anxiety, that travel, and actually from a social mobility perspective, individuals that might not have even been able to afford to um, travel to attend the assessment centres. So actually, it's helped us to open up to a, a completely different and diverse talent pool as well. Um, so actually, this year, we are going to continue uh, with remote assessment centres um, and see how it goes. Brilliant. And, and I think a lot of other people, uh, other organisations are looking at the same thing. We've learned an awful lot in the last two years, haven't we? And actually, it's, it's challenged very helpfully some of the assumptions that used to be made about how you had to assess and engage with, with candidates. Yeah, definitely. And I would just say, if anyone is worried about um, attending an assessment centre, um, we also will be running application and selection kind of masterclasses because we know it can be really daunting. Um, as much as we try to put people at ease, it can be quite uncomfortable. Um, so we are trying to set everybody up for success so that when they go into that final stage of our selection process, they're genuinely being um, evaluated on their full potential and their merit. Brilliant. Jen, that's been a fantastic summary of both the organisation and everything you're doing at the moment to, to bring people into it. Thank you so much for joining me today on Talent Talks.
No problem at all. I'd love chatting to you, David. Great. And thank you very much to you for, for joining us this week. Look forward to catching you next time.